to the Insatiable Appetite. Uh, my name is Robertson Allen. I am a senior consultant here at Hartman Group, and I am here with my colleague, Melissa Abbott, who is the VP of Hartman Retainer Services. And we're here to talk about heart health and why heart healthy foods and products need a makeover. It's a pleasure to be here with you today, Robertson, or as I call you, Rob, here in the office. And it seems like this is a pretty good topic to talk about since heart health is something we hear, uh, we get a lot of questions from our clients about this, you mm-hmm. know, uh, over the years. So, oh, you know, it seems like it's, it definitely is time for a makeover when it comes to this um, particular topic. Yeah, and it seems like the conversation around that has sort of shifted somewhat in, in how consumers are talking about heart health. Um, and my understanding is that there's been a lot of different reasons why that's that's shifted. Uh, I was wondering if you could say a little bit more about that shift away from the way things used to be in the language uh, to the way they are now. Well, it's such a great question uh, in terms of what, how we used to think about heart health because... When we used to think about heart health uh, in the United States and we think about consumers who are interested in heart health, it's obviously continues to still be related to consumers who are tend to be aging and might have a history of high cholesterol um, or other cardiovascular related diseases or high blood pressure and mm-hmm. that's or are overweight. You know, the older you get, the more you start to ten- uh, pay a little bit more attention to the old ticker, if you will. And of course, we do know that um, food and beverage plays a huge role. We know more about that than ever before. Uh, in the past, you know, there was the silent generation was very um, much more likely actually to listen to doctors uh, and take their statins. And mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, you know, cut back on the sodium, cut back on fat, mm-hmm. but really not pay as much attention to the types of carbohydrates and the amount of sugar mm-hmm. that they were eating. So yeah, you know, you take your you might have high cholesterol um, and you take your statin, but you know, you might still have your turkey bacon and your margarine and right. call it a day. Yeah. Things have shifted quite yeah. a bit. Well, I remember it's kind of like back in the day, uh, ingredients and uh, different uh, kinds of chemicals and things that people were eating, like eggs and cholesterol, especially, were, were very much vilified as, as being things that were not good for heart health. Um, and you know, but now, things like eggs and full-fat yogurt are really much like seen as one of the most nutritionally dense kinds of foods that are around. Yeah, that's a really good point. So when we think about how confusing it actually is uh-huh. for consumers, and we're talking about mainstream consumers here, where you know it's okay to eat eggs today. Yeah, can you have coconut oil? Can you not have? A, is all fat bad? Right. Well, well, you know what we're seeing is that that conversation around fat and sugar is changing an awful mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we see how consumers today, uh, even you know Gen Xers such as myself, you know, uh, you're starting or or the younger baby boomers who are starting to realize that they have to pay we have to pay a little bit more attention to what we eat as we age um, because it really does um, you know food is medicine essentially and I think that's what we're starting to realize more so than ever before mm-hmm. and even in our research uh, in our health and wellness research we find that heart heart health continues to be cardiovascular health continues to be something that all consumers are very um, conscious of mm-hmm. but how they are um, paying attention to it or how they're addressing it in a more proactive rather than reactive way right. is how we're seeing the conversation change uh, quite a bit. Holistic health. 
Exactly. Mindset. Yeah, I was just looking at um, our latest syndicated research on health and wellness, and it's still an important thing. It's still, you know, at the very top in terms of purchase criteria. Um, and I, I just wrote this down here. People are looking for products that are good for my heart. Uh, 78% of consumers say that, and that's gone up by 4% in the past six years. So it's still there, still around, right? Yeah. I mean, that is so fascinating. I'm so glad you brought that statistic up because what that suggests to the traditional food marketer out there is that, well, gosh, that's great because that's what means we can continue to mm. offer low fat, uh, high, you know, whole grains, um, whole grain symbols and seals, um, and that we can continue to market towards heart health, mm. right? right? It seems yeah. like that's what yeah. we would want to do. That's what I would take from that, just reading that one stat, right? Exactly. But things have shifted. So as from the Hartman perspective, what we know from the consumers that we talk to and all the research that we do is that approaching this differently is what uh, is in order. Mm -hmm. So we, the consumer today, the mainstream consumer is less inclined to be reactive to the heart, like any kind of call outs, if you will, about Mm -hmm. heart health. In fact, that's going to make them a little bit more skeptical about the health orientation of that um, packaged food. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, well, if you're calling out heart health, what about all the other aspects? Because as you mentioned, Rob, it's, it's holistic now. You can't just uh, pay attention to heart health without other aspects of inflammation um, and other aspects of, of holistic wellness. You can't just look at things in isolation mm-hmm. anymore. The consumer is starting to really understand that, again, this idea of food is medicine, that you can't just look at one ingredient in, in, in isolation, that kind of nutritionism approach mm-hmm. and say, well, fiber is good, but if you, com- you, know, you combine it with a lot of industrial processed oils and fats... And, um, you know, uh, types of fiber that are, you know, scientifically uh, oriented that are included in that product, that to the consumer doesn't really suggest tasty, delicious, real food. Right. Yeah. And in fact, if it does talk about heart health on front of pack, it's going to seem more like a medicinal food, medicinal rather than like a tasty food. And the consumer is going to be more inclined to want to turn that package over and start to read the ingredients. What's exactly what's in it? How much sugar is in here? What kind of fat is in here? So this is where we get into that conversation around sugar and the types of fat. It isn't Mm -hmm. just fat overall and fat grams and being low in fat doesn't necessarily uh, equate to health or heart health anymore. Right. If a company was wanting to communicate that something was good for a consumer's heart in some sort of way, how should they do it then? Yeah. Is that is it an appropriate way to do that on pack? Yeah. Or are there different cues? When, well, that's such a great question. So it depends upon the category, of course, right? So let's take something that's in the whole grain space because that obviously has been one of the things. We know that consumers are really interested. High fiber always does something, do, always performs very well when we ask about ingredients that consumers are seeking. Um, in fact, high fiber has outperformed pr- protein, in fact. Um, mm. Protein came in uh, second versus fiber, and it's that inherent fiber. So when we're thinking about um, how to communicate on pack, it's really more about this aspect of uh, how the product was sourced, how it was processed, um, the type of grain that it is. So uh, the less uh, notions of commoditization and industrialization that you can convey, mm-hmm. the better, as well as um, 
not talking about heart health uh, directly or inflammation directly, because that really is what heart health is all mm-hmm. about. Being mm-hmm. overweight, having diabetes, um, having heart, cardiovascular issues, hypertension. Th- this is really a conversation about mm-hmm. um, inflammation, right? right? So, you know, when we talk about um, things like really good essential fatty acids, so the inclusion of hemp seeds, uh, walnuts, um, different types of olive oil, olives, um, foods that are inherently good for the heart rather than thinking about those ingredients isolation. For example, rather than calling out omega-3 on the front of pack, talk about the fact that it contains hemp seeds or, you know, and a really good ratio Mm -hmm. of omega-3 to 6 Mm -hmm. is like Mm -hmm. something you can talk about on back of pack. So include hemp seeds, talk about that, and you're starting to convey to the consumer that you are all about real food and inherent inherent goodness yeah. rather than ingredients in isolation. And that goes well beyond just talking about heart health and by doing that. It yeah. really brings in a lot of different other kinds of healthy call-outs. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. We were just joking before we started uh, uh, recording here, and we were saying, like, what would a heart health, like, kind of party look like if, you know, that would even be a thing? Uh, it would be a lot of fun, I'm sure. Like, back in the 80s, you know, it would have been, like, everything would have been fat-free. Uh, there would have been, you know, nothing that would have um, been, uh, you know, like, questioning the amount of sugar and things, but it would have been all this fat-free. I remember egg fat, beaters. fat Yeah, egg beaters, fat-free Entenmann's, uh, you know, pound cakes, cookies, I snack can't wells, it's not butter spray, spray yeah. or Molly McButter. <laughs> you uh, know those sprinkles you'd put on your yeah, baked potato. Yeah. Um, so it was really um, much more highly oriented towards uh, more scientifically oriented foods that were meant to. You know, science was meant to correct your your heart health issue, mm-hmm. um, and you're supposed to find your permissible indulgence in that way. Um, but you know we've um, we've come a long way, if you will. And if we were to have like a heart healthy party, uh, <laughs> you know, in our in our office here in our in our we should do our kitchen, we should actually. Because you know why? It would be delicious. It would be totally tasty. We would have guacamole. Um, we would have you know whole grains that are much more uh, inclusive of nutrient density. We would see quinoas and other things that had you know essential fatty acids and amino acids that really help keep you sated um, without high amounts of um, sugar or mm-hmm. um, high, a lot of processing of those carbohydrates. So, you know, we'd probably see some really good protein going on, maybe even wild protein or, you know, things like, uh, you know, free-range turkey. Uh, what, what other things would you would you see at that? Maybe some organ meats or something Ooh, like yeah. that. <laughs> what kind of organ? Well, that might be a some little haggis. bit too much. Uh, some haggis. <laughs> so, or red wine, of course. Yeah. Like, you know, that, yeah. that glass of red wine. Um and some other types of things that, you know, might be a little bit more controversial in terms of heart health. But, you know, when we think about fats, um, again, we were talking about uh, coconut oil a little bit earlier, but uh, avocado, coconut oil, some of those tropical fats that still are coming under fire um, from some of the, you know, government organizations Mm -hmm. that say, you know, this probably isn't that good for you, have in moderation. Um, We see consumers who are more progressive in terms of wellness. They're like, you know what? I don't trust a lot of these uh, governing bodies, if you will. I trust myself, and I know how to do my own research, and I feel good when I eat um, fats that come from good sources that are uh, less processed. Coconut oil and grapeseed oil, especially, Mm -hmm. are things that I've I've definitely noticed a lot of. Really cool. So I was wondering, you know, with all of that, what what is the future of you know heart healthy foods? 
if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, when we think about uh, how baby boomers are aging, right? And so, you know, the baby boomers are the ones who pioneered the organic movement. You know, they were the, the ones, the original food is medicine uh, age cohort who are, you know, they're the ones who are less likely to listen to their doctor who's going to say, hey, take this pharmaceutical to fix your problem. Mm -hmm. um, and we also know now that um, heart health, there's a lot of genetics involved with heart health. So even though you might have high cholesterol, we're seeing regular general practitioner doctors saying like, hey, let's get your C-reactive proteins tested mm. to see what kind of inflammation markers you have. And if your inflammation markers aren't that bad, you know, let's just let's just have you eat a really heart healthy diet, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that means low, foods that are lower inflammation. And that means you know, really paying a lot more attention. It's more, it's more about what you don't eat than what you do eat. Mm, mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's more about this idea. And we're hearing this from consumers, um, who, uh, you know, a lot of baby boomers are telling us, you know, they're cleaning up their diet by really cutting out a lot of those really processed carbohydrates and paying attention to the amount of sugars they eat. And they're finding a lot of results from that. So yeah. Yeah. Genetic testing. It's all like personalization, that personalized diet as well. It seems like that's so that's the future right yeah. there. Inflama lower inflammation and personalization is really the future of where heart health uh, is moving. And in the meantime and in the short term, um, it's about talking about ingredients in your products that uh, contribute towards lowering inflammation in the body rather than contributing towards um, you know, producing inflammation in the body. And that's about you know, foods that are whole, real, nutrient-dense uh, and less processed. Great. Well, thank you very much, Melissa, for joining me in, in this conversation about heart health and the future of heart health. Thanks so much, Rob. Yeah. And thank you all for listening.